Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids is brought to you by Bet Online. All eyes are back on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use the mobile app and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE to receive your bonus. For football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Sky Glosco, joined by my man, Jay Della, a.k.a. Jordan Della Valley. You can find us on Twitter at our name handles, Sky Glosco, S-K-Y-G-U-A-S-C-O. And you can find Jordan at J Della Valley 7, J Della Valley 7 on Twitter. We are breaking down the preview for week six Thursday Night Football between the Bucks and Jordan's Eagles. We're also going to dive into our starts of the week at each position a sit of the week at any particular position, and then, of course, give you some QB and tight end streamers. Now, if you're tuning in and you're like, yo, where's Buck and Bob? Buck and Bob swapped out with us, so they're actually going to be doing our episode that you're used to, and we're going to be doing their episode uh, that you're used to. So we're swapping up a little bit, try to keep things fresh here on the TCK pod. If you have not yet, please leave a five-star rate and review anywhere you listen to your podcast via the Believe Podcast Network, and also... Make sure to like and subscribe on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter on the fantasy-focused channels. We much appreciate it. Once again, Sky Guasco and Jordan Della Valley bringing you episode 472 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Networks. Jordan, we got a big one here for your Eagles on Thursday Night Football. The Eagles have been playing uh, good football at times and pretty dreadful football at the same time. Uh, in other games, and then the Buccaneers have been just dominant, uh, as we expected. Um, this is going to be a tough one for NFL purposes, but for fantasy, let's break it down real quick here and uh, try to, you know, as an Eagles fan, give me how you're feeling about this game. And then, of course, uh, as an analyst here, let's break it down for fantasy. We'll start with your Eagles, and then we'll go to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as an Eagles fan, it's a tough matchup. I mean, yes, we've been playing decent enough football to be 2-3, and three, right? even in some of those losses look good against your San Francisco 49ers. Um, didn't look so great against Dallas, but <clears throat> coming into a matchup against Tampa Bay, I mean, pretty much never going to feel great about facing Brady uh, and those bucks uh, reigning Super Bowl champions feel a little bit better in the fact that their uh, past defense at least is a little, a little banged up. Uh, obviously with uh, our run offense and the way that Nick Sirianni has been playing call, or call playing play, play calling. There we go. Uh, we haven't been running the ball much anyway. A lot of teams seem to uh, completely abandon run against the Bucks as they should. Um, so I'm, it kind of plays well with, with how we've been playing. Uh, I, I still just don't feel great about the outlook uh, for the Eagles in terms of NFL purposes. For fantasy, I mean, 
Jalen Hurts is going to have that rushing floor, even though the, the Bucks run defense is good against running backs. Uh, mobile quarterbacks, I feel great about starting, uh, especially wide receivers in this game. Devonta Smith, I feel good about. Uh, spoiler alert, Zach Ertz. Um, with, with Goddard being out for, for COVID reasons. Um, but, I mean, other than those three, you're kind of just taking a shot in the dark at most of these guys on the Eagles offense. I agree. Jalen Hurts is good for me. 21-plus fantasy points in each of his performances so far in his career question in the backfield Jordan everyone knows how I feel about Miles Sanders uh, but I personally would rather have Kenny Gainwell in general Um, I know it's not a popular opinion but Kenny Gainwell this week in particular than Miles Sanders nobody runs on the Bucks. we know that if the Eagles are going to catch up and and use their running backs at all I think it's going to have to be flares out of the backfield so are you confident with either one of these running backs and if so who this week, I mean, I'd be more confident in Kenny Gainwell for the reasons that you uh, outlined, right? If there's going to be a pass game, if there's going to be a running back out of the, the the backfield for the Eagles, that's going to be more productive. It's more likely to be Kenny Gainwell. Season long, I'd obviously still prefer to hold on to Sanders. I mean, hopefully, uh, you know, Sirianni starts to call more more run plays. Hopefully, the, the there's just, you know, a little bit more uh, involving Sanders. I mean, I saw, I saw a tweet the other day that was like, uh, Miles Sanders was doing an ad for Walmart and someone was like, because of Sirianni's play calling, we got uh, Miles Sanders doing ads for Walmart. He could be doing ads for Nike, but they just won't give him the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, makes sense. And unfortunately, I mean, they're only, you know, they're giving their backfield less than 20 opportunities a game. And of course, uh, you know, he's not Lamar Jackson, but Jalen Hurts right. obviously adds that rushing floor. So that helps there. Are you comfortable with Devontae Smith and with Zach Ertz coming in for Dallas Goddard being out on and covert, excuse me, COVID protocols? Are you okay uh, starting Ertz here, who has more or less been 50 50 last couple of weeks? Absolutely. I mean, uh, for Devonta Smith, I mean, you almost have to be. Uh, Tampa Bay's past uh, defense has not been, you know, what it was last year. A lot of that secondary is banged up. I mean, Richard Sherman is, is, playing for them right yeah. um and i was not not richard sherman of five years ago this is like holding out 32 um yeah. but anyway uh so i feel good about devonta smith if there's going to be a wide receiver that's going to have a good game obviously devonta is the most likely to have that big game out of that receiving core um for the eagles uh i am comfortable with with starting Zacherts. uh we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves he's he is my streamer this week uh for later in the show so i'll get uh stick around i'll get into it a little bit more Got it. On the other side for the Buccaneers, you're starting all three wide receivers. You're starting Tom Brady, obviously. Are you playing, let's say, Cameron Bray, uh with Gronkowski being out? Are you playing any of these running backs? And if so, which running back do you want for the Buccaneers? Yeah, I mean, for the tight ends, I mean, you're taking a, a, a shot at them scoring in the end zone, right? And unless you have like a Kelsey, a Waller, a yeah, Kittle's hurt, but unless you have some of those top tier tight ends. I mean, we even look at the emergence of Dawson Knox over the last couple of weeks. I mean, large and largely been driven by touchdowns and end zone uh, targets. Right. So is Cameron Brait going to score a touchdown is going to be whether or not you're happy with his fantasy day. If he doesn't score and goes three for 30 or, you know, something like that. I mean, I think that's probably what he's going to do if he doesn't score a touchdown is not really what you're hoping for. You're not going to be happy with it. That said, like, Top 12 tight ends, assuming you're in like a 12-team league. So top 12 tight ends being you had one of the best tight ends. It was a startable tight end. Um, most often, or like they rotate in and out every week just based on at the bottom half of that of that list of who's scoring a touchdown that week, right? It could be Cameron Brake. 
it could be uh, Moali Cox, but uh, at least with Brait, you know that the Buccaneers def- uh, offense is likely going to be able to drive the ball down the field against this Eagles defense and going to have a lot of opportunities. Now, if the targets in the end zone go to Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, then it's just not going to be the week for Cameron Brait. But at least they're going to be around the end zone. Brady's been targeting the tight end. I mean, it's been Gronk mostly, but even still in the last couple of weeks without Gronk has targeted Brait in the end zone. So if you need to, to start Brait because your other options aren't fantastic, you know, known commodities and involved in their offense, I'm fine starting Brait this weekend. Right. I guess this week. And are you going to let your Eagles fandom pick the Eagles here or are you going with the Buccaneers in this game overall? Uh, my heart's going to pick the Eagles. My my brain, my wallet, if I were betting, w- would pick the Buccaneers. <laughs> yeah, I got you too. I'm going to jump in the comments here before we move on here. Our man Beach coming in from Twitch. Always appreciate you. Uh, I do a show uh, later in the week with Chris Benavides, our good friend from the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast, and we run through all the previews of the games. Beach has been chiming in here on every single game, every single week, giving score predictions, which I think is super fun as we do our pickums as well. Beach, I'm sure you... Uh, I'm sure you are tuning in at home and paying attention, but I have you down at eight and seven last week. So about 500 there. Um, I have you with wins for the Buccaneers, the Vikings, the Patriots, uh, the Packers, Chargers, Cardinals, Cowboys, Bills, and Ravens, and then L's elsewhere but pretty much teamed up with chris and i as well i think we got you by just a game or two but always appreciate you that is coming up later and actually bobby is going to handle that episode this week so bobby and chris beach will be with you for the preview of this week so tune in tomorrow for that one but if you'd like to give us a thursday night prediction we always appreciate that as well so go ahead and get it done all right everybody else uh fragger tuning in here mike ortiz uh, we got some other players, Lit Fantasy, some of y'all tuning in. We will get to your questions per usual. Please wait until the end here. And if you uh, skip out or you miss our question, feel free to hit Jordan or I up on Twitter. For personal advice, Sky Guasco at, uh, on Twitter and at J Della Valley with an E, not a Y, 7. J Della Valley, 7, and we'll hit you with the personal questions. All right, that gives us our Thursday night preview here from the Buccaneers and the Eagles, Tom Brady, 8-1 and one on NFL Network broadcast since 2012. Not looking good for the Eagles, unfortunately, Jordan. But, uh, hey, that's why they play the games. You never know. This one is in Philly, so hopefully uh, you have a little bit of work there. So we'll see what happens. All right, before we move on, I'm going to give a shout-out to our good friends at the Jersey Jungle. If you've been listening to the show for quite some time, you know that I rep the Jersey Jungle every single episode that I'm on. The Jersey Jungle are on Instagram. That's where they handle their business, at The Jersey Jungle. My man Trenton will take care of you. Good dude. Sometimes it takes him a couple days to get back. He's a very busy man, but he will get back to you. Use the promo code TCK, the letters TCK, for 10 to 15% off of one or two jerseys and 15% off of three-plus jerseys. These are authentic jerseys. You can see behind me, I have Justin Herbert and Devontae Adams. They're Stitch and Twill. They are not the iron-pressed-on decal jerseys that rub off in the dryer. These are stitched into a high-quality jerseys. You can see on Justin Herbert, if you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, or Twitter, you can see the uh, bolts right heading over the uh, shoulder pads there because that's what the powder blue jersey has for the Chargers. So authentic jerseys, game-worn jerseys, all jerseys, hockey, basketball, football, baseball. They have world soccer as well. They have... um, uh, rookies available for the NFL right now. They also have 
uh, throwback jerseys too. So if you're into collecting jerseys like I am, make sure you go to the Jersey Jungle on Instagram, the Jersey Jungle. Use the promo code TCK when you send them a message. Ask them about a player. Maybe it's a Tom Brady. You're looking for a Patriots throwback. That red jersey's pretty fire. Or you want a creamsicle new age one. Just ask him if he's got it in stock, your size. He'll tell you yes or no. And then tell him TCK sent you, and he'll get you 10 to 15% off of your jerseys that are already half the price. Once again, the Jersey Jungle on Instagram. All right, Jordan, let's get in here. We have our, again, we are stepping in for Buck and Bob. Buck and Bob. Tuning in uh, next week, uh, maybe back here. Bucks got the week off, but we are now doing the streamers and the starts of the week this week. You're used to hearing Buck and Bob on uh, Thursdays, but it is us today, and I'm stoked to do this one, man. We'll mix it up a little bit here. So, Jordan, why don't you pop up your start of the week at the quarterback position? Who is it and why? Absolutely. And <clears throat> my start of the week at the quarterback position, a smooth transition here is Tom Brady of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, Thursday night against the Eagles. Looking at the Eagles defense right now, they're actually not performing too badly against the quarterback position in terms of fantasy points given up. They're right now 10th against uh, or 10th in the league in terms of fantasy points against the quarterback position. But if you look at who they've played, you'll start to understand why they're ranked 10th. So week one, Played Atlanta, who Atlanta looked terrible. Uh, they were able to get pressure on Matt Ryan um, and that offensive line. Um, and so I had a good week there. But after that, played your 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, scored 20 or uh, put up 20 points against the Eagles. And again, another game where they did pretty well. I mean, I think off the top of my head, I think you guys only had two touchdowns. Both of them happened to be uh, pass touchdowns by Garoppolo. But um, I mean, in a game where the Eagles defense still played pretty well against the 49ers offense, Jimmy Grappa was able to uh, put up 20 points next week. They played Dallas and not the Dallas where they were throwing the ball all over the field. Dak Prescott threw 26 passes, 26 pass attempts, also 20 points. Uh, they relied more on the run game. And we know that the Buccaneers obviously are not that team. They're not going to be relying on Leonard Fournette and God, no, they're not going to be relying on Ronald Jones. Um, so they're going to be passing the ball a lot more. If you're giving Tom Brady, 30-plus attempts, uh, 35 attempts against this Eagles defense. Uh, I'd expect them to put up more like what Pat Mahomes did, 31 points, right? A terrible showing by the Eagles defense, but you start to see when a more prolific offense can play against these uh, against this Eagles defense. Yes, we did well against Atlanta. We did well against uh, you know, a good offense in San Francisco, but as we start to play Dallas um, and, and Kansas City, we've given up more points. Um, and then obviously Brady coming off of his four ten and five against uh, 410 yards, five touchdowns um, against Miami last week. Uh, I don't see how he doesn't keep rolling here against the, the Eagles defense. I agree. And actually, I'm going to uh, bring up something really quick here. Our boy, Mike, Mar Mike Ortiz tuning in on YouTube. Appreciate you chiming in, Mike. Are you guys taking the Eagles to win the game? No, we're both going to take the Buccaneers. But a good point here. JPP out and the Bucs have four other defensive injuries. I still think the Buccaneers overall win the game because I just think they're a better all-around team and, and and coached. But uh, this is a good point. I think this helps Tom Brady um, because if they can't get the pressure that they're used to on Jalen Hurts and he's able to make plays and put up points, then Tom Brady's going to keep throwing versus a Leonard Fournette game. And the Eagles' run defense is usually traditionally pretty solid. So I do like Tom Brady here in this one as well. I'm going to Sticking the flames here with my man, Justin Herbert. I just mentioned him in the Jersey Jungle read. I got him right behind me if you're watching on video here. Justin Herbert at the Ravens. 
the number one overall quarterback last week against the Browns in a shootout. Carson Wentz put up 400 passing yards on those Ravens. Carson Wentz is not somebody that usually puts over 300, let alone four. If you watch that game on Monday night, you know that the Colts really were dominating that first half. Should have, frankly, won the game at the end, but Lamar turned, you know, just got absolutely on fire, and then he took over the game. Justin Herbert last week, nearly 400 yards, 398, four touchdowns. I don't think there's anyone out here that can cover Mike Williams right now. Keenan Allen, of course. You got Eckler out of the backfield as well. And Donald Parham uh, is going to be just fine as well. And, you know, if, if Jared Cook's not 100%. And really, the, the Chargers overall uh, are just on fire as a team. Four and one this year. Last year, Herbert had a tough rookie season in the win loss column, of course, winning the rookie of the year. But they lost almost all of their games by less than a touchdown last year. This year, they're winning the close games. The Chargers are on fire. Justin Herbert is that dude. And again, with Carson Wentz putting up 400-plus on the Ravens last week, I think Justin Herbert can do the same in back-to-back weeks. So we're going to go with Tom Brady at the Eagles this evening and Justin Herbert against the Ravens. Let's move on to the running backs here, Jordan. Who do you have as your start of the week at the running back position? Start of the week for me at the running back position is going to be Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, so, again, I'm, I'm putting together a similar, similar analysis here of looking at the matchup and uh, points given up against the position. So Jonathan Taylor gets Houston this week. Obviously, we know Houston to be a, a poor football team, um, but they are 20th against the running back uh, in terms of fantasy points against over the last four weeks. And so – Looks like a average, like a little bit above average matchup, but let's even look at who uh, Houston has played in those four weeks. New England, Buffalo, Carolina, uh, and Cleveland. And so New England, Damian Harris and, and crew, like they didn't have a great game against Houston. And they're also just not a prolific run offense. Um, Buffalo, same thing uh, with Devin Singletary, Zach Moss. Zach Moss uh, found the end zone in that game. Uh, which helped out his fantasy production. But again, not a, a strong running back team, right? Then Carolina, that was the game CMC got injured. Uh, so didn't have to face him, was facing Chuba Hubbard in his first, you know, essentially first NFL action. Um, and then obviously the Cleveland game was the one four weeks ago. In that game, Chubb, uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt combined for 24 carries, 146 yards, and a touchdown. When you throw in uh, the receiving work, uh, they combined for 22.1 fantasy points. Jonathan Taylor does not really have that same Chubb-Hunt split, obviously, in his backfield. Naeem Hines is there, uh, but for the most part, Hines either shows up or doesn't. And so for the most part, it's not like a you know, 60-40 split that, that Chubb and Hunt are seeing in Cleveland. And so when we look at the type of running backs that Houston has faced and the pro- fantasy production that those meddling running backs, for lack of a better word, have been able to produce – I'm extremely confident and obviously excited to start Jonathan Taylor this week uh, as being that that stud running back for the Colts has been involved in the past game, had that 75 yard pass touchdown to start the game against uh, Baltimore last week. Um, so uh, that's why Jonathan Taylor is my, my start of the week, start of the week here for the running back position. And that pass production is massive. Obviously Derrick Henry is already the best fantasy running back, but him getting, you know, four, five, six targets a game now, has elevated him beyond where Derrick Henry even used to be. And if Jonathan Taylor starts to trend up in pass production as well, he, again, is going to take that next level. You know, Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb were kind of the same running back 
Nick Chubb can also take a little flare screen 80 yards to the house, but Kareem Hunt gets that work. Naheem Hines is just not Kareem Hunt, as you mentioned right. there. So I, I do like that. Jonathan Taylor versus the Texans this week. And traditionally, the Colts do beat up on the Texans. So if they get a big lead, they could be running it out with JT in the second half. I think that's a great call there. All right, we'll go to my running back start of the week, and it is Najee Harris. I've been on the Najee train since spring. I, you know, drafted him everywhere I could, but it was a he was a first round draft pick. And a lot of times I went with Devontae Adams there, if not a top five running back. So I don't have a ton of shares, unfortunately. But in the two dynasty leagues I was in, I was able to get him early, which I am excited about moving forward. Going up against the Seahawks, running back three in PPR right now, Najee Harris. Everybody was concerned about the offensive line. We were concerned about this offense in general. Was he actually going to catch any passes like the running backs have traditionally in Pittsburgh? And I had said over the summer, I'm also worried about the offensive line. But guess what? Mike Tomlin has a certain you know, mold that he has for these running backs, and it's use them on three downs, use them the entire game, use them in passing production, use them on the goal line. We saw it with Le'Veon Bell, D'Angelo Williams back in the day, James Conner, and so forth. This is what Najee Harris can do. And there were multiple interviews over the summer where people were asking him, like, can you actually catch passes? And Najee Harris would always kind of literally laugh it off and be like, man, you guys are always bringing that up. You know, just because I didn't catch passes at Alabama, that's not how they use running backs. But I can do it. I did it in high school, yada, yada, and I'm an athlete. Well, now we're seeing it. Obviously, 19 targets a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so he is dominating. The Seahawks give up the fourth most fantasy points to running backs. He has the most targets and receptions per game among running backs. He has 7.8 targets per game. A running back has almost eight targets per game, which is phenomenal. And now they have no Juju Smith-Schuster, who's going to be out for the season effectively with a shoulder surgery. Those short area targets that Big Ben is you know, peppering their offense with are going to go now to whoever plays the slot, but it's also going to be Najee Harris out of the backfield. So Najee Harris, to me, is going to continue to ride the wave. I think he's a top you know, five to eight running back the rest of the season. Right now, currently number three. And I think you're absolutely thrilled. And I think he's exceeded expectations, especially in PPR leagues, because of the passing work here. But I'm going to ride the wave here. I think uh, the Seahawks are going to be in trouble here without Russell Wilson. And if the Steelers do get a lead, I don't think Geno Smith's going to be able to bring it back on this defense. They're in Pittsburgh for this one. It's a long trip for the West Coast team to go east. I think it's a big day for Najee Harris, and he's my start of the week at the running back position. Okay, let's get into let's get into the wide receivers here. And I'm gonna let you go first here as well. Give me your wide receiver start of the week. We'll go from, from one rookie to the next. My wide receiver start of the week is Jamar Chase of the Cincinnati Bengals. Both have been um, phenomenal. They I mean they have, and I think probably Jamar hasn't probably exceeded expectations as much as Najee has, but uh I think that's also a lot of the taintedness of uh, coming into preseason, all the drops and everyone started getting worried then about that. But obviously once we got into the regular season, uh, we've obviously <laughs> moved past that. Um, looking at Jamar Chase and his stats and the type of player that he's been is uh, he's been both the reliable target guy, gets a lot of targets. So if you're in a PPR league, it's probably going to have that floor, uh, but also is the, has been the big play type of wide receiver as well um, has a catch of over 30 yards in every game, but also has a catch of over 40 yards in four out of his five <laughs> games. And so not saying that he's going to get a catch of over 30 yards every, every week in week in and week out, but you at least have the ability 
if you're not getting the targets, if you're getting shut down to at least put up that one big play that at least saves your week and makes it a mediocre, mediocre week if he doesn't go off. That said, he's been consistently targeted every game. He's averaging seven targets a game. Uh, obviously, him and Joe Burrow play, been playing at LSU, if you want to call it a narrative uh, or whatever, there is a connection there between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Um, the timing, knowing the wide receiver, knowing the routes, knowing the speed um, is just something that for you know being in year two for Burrow and, and the rookie year for Jamar Chase, I think has significantly helped them compared to any other uh, you know, young wide receiver quarterback combo. And so I think the combination of uh, being able to have that big play, but also the consistent targets week in and week out uh, makes Jamar Chase reliable and exciting. You add on top of that, that this week he gets to play Detroit. Uh, I mean, you, you start your guys against Detroit. Like there's, there's nothing else I can say about that. They're not a good defense. Um, I would expect Jamar Chase to break out a long touchdown here, probably 40, 50 yards, and then also, you know, accumulate another 40 to 50 through the rest of his six targets this game. The only concern you might have about Jamar Chase or the Bengals passing offense is if Joe Mixon's healthy and if they ride Joe Mixon because the Lions are so bad at protecting the run, but with, you know, Samaji Pirine coming in and, and whatever. And honestly, I mean, the Lions have been in all five of the games that they've lost this year. If the Bengals slip up or they don't play 100%, the, the Lions could steal a game in this one. They've been competitive in all games, and obviously Dan Campbell emotional and firing up his squad last week. So we'll see what we get. Sure. I think people forget, especially at this point, you know, we're five, six weeks into the NFL season. People forget Jamar Chase sat out due to COVID concerns, missed an entire season, didn't have Joe Burrow for a while. He had the drop issues, and now we're coming in, and he's got that rapport back with Joe Burrow from LSU, as you mentioned. He's now is up to NFL speed. T. Higgy, my boy, T. Higgins has been out or limited for the last three weeks, and Tyler Boyd is awesome, and he's a fun wide receiver three. Bobby's been repping him all summer, but he's just not up to the level of Jamar Chase or um, T. Higgins. So now Joe Burrow has had extra reps with Jamar Chase being that number one, and he really has shown the ability to do that, there is a case that maybe the Bengals have two number one wide receivers with Tyler Boyd, who could be a number two with anybody else. He just happens to be a number three in this squad. So, man, they're loaded, and uh, he looks absolutely phenomenal. And uh, certainly in the uh, rookie of the year um, contention, I think him and Najee Harris leading the pack right now. All right, let's move on to mine here. And I'm going to stick in this game this evening here. We got – the Eagles and the Buccaneers coming up in, in just a little bit here as we record. If you're listening back on the podcast side, then it's probably after the fact. But if you're listening live here, I'm going to go to Vonta Smith tonight. Uh, the Bucs have given up the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. Now, that stat <laughs> jumps off the page like, wow, they're they're really bad against wide receivers. You have to always take this with a grain of salt. The reality is nobody can, so nobody does, run on them. So the only way that you can, A, catch up with Brady in the offensive points and, B, move the ball down the field is to pass. So when you pass 40, 50 times against this team, you're going to get chunk yards. They're still winning the game, so people aren't scoring too much. But that's why they're third in fantasy points. But, you know, when you kind of throw in the DVOA and the averages and everything else, they're about league average. Nonetheless, the only chance the Eagles are going to have tonight to put up points and move the ball is going to be to throw and that's going to be to Devonta Smith and I think Zach Ertz. But 
Devontae Smith to me, 18 targets over the last two weeks and 14 receptions over the last two weeks. He's clearly the number one option there. Philadelphia is going to have to throw to keep up. They're going to have to throw early and often. They're not going to be able to run the ball, as we mentioned earlier, with Miles Sanders. It's probably going to be Kenny Gainwell out of the backfield against Tampa Bay tonight. So I'm going to stick with your boy here, man. I think he could have a big game. But let's be honest, man. Todd Bowles, the highest-paid defensive coordinator in the NFL for a reason, he's going to look at the squad and be like, who's the number one? And it's either Devontae Smith or Zach Ertz. They're going to double-team one or both of them and make Jalen Hurts beat them. Could be tough if they do that, but I think Devontae Smith is just a supreme talent. He's going to get open enough. Five, six, eight targets. Hopefully he gets 80 yards and a touchdown or two in this game. I'm just hoping that the volume is going to be there for him tonight. We'll pause here really quickly. Um, do you see Devonta Smith like is he somebody that you would feel comfortable enough? And let me maybe throw a couple names at you here. Let me find him uh mm-hmm. in my in my rankings and I'll throw a couple guys at you. Where are you, Devonta Smith? Okay, uh quickly, just off the cuff here. Devonta Smith tonight or Robert Woods at the Giants? Uh Smith tonight. I mean, Woods is uh, had the big blow up week last week. It could easily just flip right back to be a, a cup week. Um, they could also be way ahead of that Giants team without Saquon Barkley, without Kenny Galladay, maybe without Slayton still. Um, so they might be just relying on Daryl Henderson and Sonny Michelle. Um, I'd take Devonta Smith and, and wh- what I think is going to be the larger opportunity in target share. Brandon Cooks at the Colts. Uh, Smith. Michael Pittman at the Texans. Same game. Mm. Pittman. Adam Thielen at the Panthers. Smith. All right. And T. Higgins versus the Lions. Smith. All right. There we go. Okay. That is my start of the week at the wide receiver position. Jordan, let's give into our tight ends here, and then we'll take another quick break. Give me your tight end start of the week. Tight end start of the week is going to be TJ Hawkinson. Oh, man. We need it. We need it, bro. And that's that's exactly why I – almost exactly why. I mean, it it is my start of the week because I I think he's going to have a good week, but He's also my start of the week because the TJ Hawkinson owners need this, this boost of confidence to be able to start him again, right? You, you drafted him high, expecting the breakout, you know, usually drafted as the tight end five or six, maybe even four if some people were like them more than Andrews. But, and you had, the, you had the extreme high of a great start to the season, a great week one. And since then, you've had like, what, two for 20, two, three for 60. Like, it just hasn't been there. Uh, for Hawkinson recently. And so half of the reason why this is my start of the week is to give you that boost of confidence to keep him in your starting lineup against Cincinnati this week. Quintus Cephas is now out. Tyrell Williams is still on the IR. Pretty much their only options in the receiving game outside of obviously uh, the running backs is rookie Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, Khalif Raymond, who had two touchdowns a couple weeks ago. But I mean, TJ Hawkinson, it has to be their their best option in the receiving game, if not number two, right behind DeAndre Swift. A lot of the reason why his usage the past couple of weeks hasn't, or fantasy production hasn't been there the last couple of weeks is because his usage has been mostly in the in the block uh, pass protection game. Um, he just hasn't been running as much routes as I think everyone expected him to be running, especially for a team that was expected to be behind and passing a lot. Um, so this week coming into Cincinnati, I think with, the other wide receiving options out. I think uh, Dan Campbell and the Lions are going to have to free up Hawkinson and involve him in the pass game more, even if it does mean taking him out of pla- of pass protection. On top of that, Cincinnati is uh, fifth best in uh, fantasy 
points against against the tight end position, but the tight end position is a little bit unique. And we've talked about uh, defenses being where they rank in points against against wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks. But tight end is a little bit different because for the most part, there's usually one on a team. There's not like two running backs playing the work. It's usually one guy. And you know if that defense has faced Travis Kelsey, they're probably not going to look good in the defensive rankings, fancy points against. Cincinnati has played Green Bay, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Minnesota. So the way that Green Bay has been using Robert Tunyon this year, he hasn't looked great. He's not having a good season. Jacksonville's tight end has been in and out of James O'Shaughnessy. Dan Arnold now is in the, uh, in the mix there. Pittsburgh's with – Ebron and uh, Pat Firemuth, uh, rookie, and then uh, Chicago with uh, is Jimmy Graham is still even on the roster, right? right? And, and Cole Komet. And then Minnesota, obviously, was expecting our Smith and now have had to pull in uh, Conklin as their tight end. So they haven't really faced any top tight ends yet this season. So, of course, they're going to be fifth best um, when they have played offenses that don't really use the tight end or don't have great tight ends. Now they're, they're going to be facing Detroit, who should be looking to use uh, TJ Hawkinson, who has the talent level uh, to put up a good game. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, Hawkinson this week. And I, I'd be comfortable starting now. If, it, if he doesn't get it done this week, now we can, we can talk about, uh, you know, moving on, try to package him with a, with a different trade or something like that. I know there's a, a question in the comments a little bit earlier. Um, trying to find it now. Of, uh, it's basically a, a Hawkinson or, or, or Knox. Uh, this week, and I just think the matchup with Hawkinson, the the uh, there it is, the the matchup for Hawkinson is is better than Knox, and I think Knox is broken out. But again, I mentioned it's been mostly the the touchdowns. If Knox doesn't get the if if both tight ends don't put up a touchdown, right? You're telling me I know neither one's going to score a touchdown. I want Hawkinson because I think he's going to be more involved in the pass and have more uh, passing game and have more targets. Yeah, I am. I am a uh, manager of Hawkinson in two leagues, and I generally had that. Uh, I had that mindset of of going tight end early. Um, I did that in every single one of my eight leagues. The only league I didn't do that is an ultra flex league uh, that you and I are trying out this year. Um, I have a lot of league. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, a, a lot of fun. The, the I just went for all the other positions other than tight end because you don't have to start a tight end in that league. So I think I have like Higby and, and um, I think that's it maybe for, for my tight end, maybe Cole Komet just as a swap there, but you don't even need to start a tight end. The issue I have with Hawkinson, unfortunately, Jordan, you mentioned him pass blocking more often, and that's an issue with Kittle as well. Eight. uh, Let's see. 11 targets in week one, nine targets in week two, two targets in week three, eight targets in week four, but just four receptions for 42 yards. And last week, three targets for just two receptions. So having just two receptions in two of the last three weeks is the issue there. And you mentioned the Bengals haven't really played anybody. So hopefully it's a breakout scenario for Hawkinson. I'm still playing him because you have to. Another thing is he's got a a bit of a knee injury right now. So they might be Mm -hmm. limiting his work and uh, running out of the uh, backfield as much as they can. But all it takes for a tight end is a touchdown. And we know the Hawkinson is definitely a goal line option there. So I don't like Hopefully, man, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna hold you to this. I'm I'm hoping you're correct here because I need to bounce back as well. If not, then we're gonna have to move on there. Yep. Okay. My start of the week at the tight end position is Mo Ali Cox for the Colts going up against the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans give up the most fantasy points to tight ends. They have given up 34 receptions, 369 yards, and four touchdowns in just five games this season. 
Moali Cox is the number one tight end for the Colts. It is no longer Jack Doyle. Unfortunately, had a great run there with uh, mostly Andrew Luck over the years, but just so many injuries for Jack Doyle. Unfortunately, he's just kind of a, a backup at this point. He has six catches on nine targets for 92 yards and two touchdowns over the last two games, does Moali Cox. So again, huge uh, target in the red zone. I like, you know, you mentioned Jonathan Taylor in this one. I think that's a great option as well. Once they get to the red zone, they have big bodies down there and Carson generally looks for his tight end. So for me, Moali Cox is going to be my tight end stream of the week. Jordan, off the cuff here, is there anybody else that you maybe had in a slot here for a start of the week that you took out last minute or somebody that you really, you know, almost made the cut here, but you didn't quite make the list uh, officially. Anybody else you want to put a nod to for a start of the week this week? Um, I mean, these are the guys that I went with in terms of uh, my gut. I'm confident in these guys. Uh, there's definitely some at the quarterback position. I mean, I, I kind of flipped between Brady and Hertz, but I, I decided not to be, not to go with the Homer take of Hertz. Um, but he obviously is a great option. You mentioned the, the 21 plus fantasy points each week so far. Um, I think he's like QB five or six now. I think Herbert Money just passed him with that big game last week. So um, add, add to that the rushing floor and the, the ability to pass against this Buccaneers defense. Um, I think Hertz is always a, a great option as well. Okay. We'll be right back with our sits of the week and some QB tight end streamers as well. Here's a note from our new sponsor, Carafair. Carafactor. We'll be right back. Hey, TCK Potters and Fantasy Focus community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause, such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with Carafactor. Carafactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Carafactor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarafactor.com. That's shop.mykerafactor.com. Carafactor, skincare for hair. All right, let's move into our sits of the week. We're going to go through every single position here, Jordan. We're just going to find a position, a player, or maybe a group of players from a particular position on a squad or something, but we're not going through each one. I'm going to let you go first here. Who is your sit of the week in week six? My sit of the week, just in case you haven't already been sitting them, is the Bears wide receivers. Oh, this uh, is such a bummer, dude. Damn it. It's a, it's a bummer in that. <laughs> Everyone coming in, myself included, I have Allen Robinson on too many teams that, I, uh, that I'm happy to admit, um, expected Allen Robinson to be, oh, he's this QB-proof wide receiver. Look at all the quarterbacks he's played with. He'll be fine with Dalton or Fields when Fields takes over. Fields is going to be great, right? And then, obviously, Mooney was expected to be the breakout. He had a good end of the year last year. Um, and so we're expecting big things from this Bears wide receiving core which is why they're my start of the week. If you haven't yet woken up and turned around and said, hey, maybe I should pivot to other options now, 
I'm not saying you have to sit Robinson if your other option is is Quez Watkins. I don't know why I always pick on him in the show, but uh, I always <laughs> do. Um, you don't have to. You don't have to make that big of a pivot, right? But if you have like a a Hunter Renfro, if you got Kadarius Tony off the waiver wire, right? These are the types of pivots that you should be willing to make off of Robinson or Mooney. The Bears' offensive situation is extremely bleak. They're going to be probably starting rookie running back uh, with Cleo Herbert. Uh, Montgomery's obviously out with the injury. Damian Williams now uh, being put on the COVID uh, through the COVID protocols. Um, So, and also obviously whether it's Justin Fields or uh, uh, Dalton behind, it doesn't really make much of a difference because Green Bay's 10th in fantasy points against given up to the wide receivers. So again, this is a defense that has been able to shut down wide receivers. Uh, Most of that is probably due to Jair Alexander, obviously. Uh, But even regardless, I mean, it's just a game that uh, even though the Bears are likely going to be behind and passing a lot, it's not a lot. It's not a good pie of, of passing volume that I want to have. So if I have any reliable pivot option, I'm moving off of Allen Robinson or uh, Darnell Mooney this week. This is so unfortunate, man. Allen, you know, I uh, did pretty well in my in my summer rundowns and research and predictions. And I mean, everybody missed on Allen Robinson. Uh, We just didn't see his coming. But I was a super proponent of doing it, even with Andy Dalton, even with a rookie, Justin Fields, coming in. Contract year for him. He gets the franchise tag. I was just like, this is going to be it. He's too good to be bad. And it's just not been the case, man. Um, Again, let's look at opportunity. We know the results have been terrible. But let's look at the actual numbers. Targets. 11 targets in week one versus the Rams. All right, it's the Rams. Whatever, wash it out. Four targets against the Bengals, six against the Browns, three against the Lions, five last week against the Raiders. Fantasy finishes in PPR each week, 63, 49, 81, 54, and 60. Jordan, he had he, he's had one performance in PPR all season in the top 50. It just it's 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 uh it's inexplainable, really, because yeah. They should be peppering him. Bill Lazor took over the play calling for the Bears, which I like as a move. I, I like that move. Matt Nagy's not the guy. Bill Lazor, I think, is a great, uh, a better mind here for this team. The problem is it's more of a, you know, don't blow it <laughs> offense. So they're not going to just run and gun here with fields that we saw at Ohio State. They're all looking forward to. Khalil Herbert, as you mentioned, is doing well. Damian Williams is doing well. And Darnell Mooney is the number one wide receiver right there for the Bears, man. I, I'm holding on to Allen Robinson in the couple leagues I have him because you can't drop him just in case he's Allen Robinson. You definitely can't trade him because you're not going to get any value back. And, you know, he's just on the bench for now. And this happens every every year to, to somebody. Um, it's really unfortunate. But Darnell Mooney is another guy that I was hoping would really break out. He's had some better games, but not really blown up, man. This is frustrating. Yeah, and as as you're going through, as well, first of all, as as I was making the sit of the week, I wanted to say who's someone that I would sit even in a three wide receiver like flex league. Like I'm in a couple leagues where I start three wide receivers and I have a flex spot too, and I unfortunately have Allen Robinson in many of those leagues, and I'm not even flexing Allen Robinson in those leagues, right? You read off the finishes. I think off the top of my head, the best one I heard was 41, 49, 49. So if you start three wide receivers in a 12 team league, there's your top 36 wide receivers. Even if you flex, uh, you can obviously flex running backs too or tight ends, but even if you flex all wide receivers, that takes you down to 48 and 40, <laughs> 49 still doesn't cut it. 
No, it's bad. And there's no touchdown upside. He's always been a volume guy, right? He's not a, he's not a big play wide receiver in general. Um, he's always been a touchdown and a volume guy and they're just not happening. So you got to hold tight there. Unfortunately, um, some other guys I would rather start over Allen Robinson here, Jacoby Myers, uh, for the Patriots, Marvin Jones, um, all right. Odell Beckham, maybe one more week. Kadarius Tony looked very good. Jalen Waddle with Tua coming back. Uh, maybe even Tim Patrick, Hunter Renfro, um, AJ Green for uh, for the Cardinals. There, um, it's it's ugly, unfortunately. All right, another frustrating name here recently, and maybe moving forward. And my sit of the week this week is Tyler Lockett. Now this is tough, man. I was all Allen Robinson this season, this summer. You were all Tyler Lockett, and Tyler Lockett worked out for the first two weeks for you. We we had talked about it. Look, you drafted him. We're in like four leagues together or something. You drafted him in like the fifth or sixth league in every one of those leagues. And obviously it worked out for two weeks, but the last three weeks, dude, he's been unplayable. Now, of course you started him because he's Tyler Lockett, but he's really let you down because of the the performance. Now Russell Wilson is out, of course, for who knows, three weeks, four weeks, eight weeks, potentially seven, six, 11 PPR fantasy points in the last three weeks. He had 26 and 32 in the first two weeks. We know Tyler Lockett's boom or bust, but it's drastic, dude. 26 and 32 points to 7, 6, and 11. That's horrendous. 112 total, 112 total receiving yards the last three weeks combined after 278 over the first two weeks. The pass rush won't allow the deep throws for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mentioned it earlier with Najee Harris. The Seahawks are going across the country into Pittsburgh. West Coast teams traveling East Coast are much harder than East Coast teams traveling West because you have three-hour earlier time difference and the Seahawks traditionally are not as good on the East coast there. Geno Smith is just not it. DK Metcalf was that guy down the stretch, caught the touchdown. Talalaka could catch a 70 yard bomb any week, but he and Russell Wilson have an incredible mind meld and you see all these incredible plays they have downfield. I just don't see it happening more than once, maybe a game with Geno Smith here. I'm I have no Tyler Lockett shares to be honest with you because I was just off it this summer. If I did, he's a guy I would hope to move off of name brand. But unfortunately, I think too many people are kind of going to read the tea leaves here. You might be selling cheap, which I wouldn't do. But I'm not excited about Tyler Lockett, man. You're the Tyler Lockett guy from the summer. How are you feeling right now? Just just a couple down games. You're waiting for the bombs. You believe in Geno Smith after honestly an impressive uh, Thursday night last week against the Rams. Or is this a panic mode for you? Yeah, I mean, well, it's funny, actually. I think it was two weeks ago uh, in one of the leagues we're in. I, I think it's actually the listener league. I had uh, Tyler Lockett as my my flex because of where I drafted him in like fifth, sixth round. But I'd also picked up Mike Williams late. Uh, and this was obviously before Russell Wilson got hurt. And uh, I put out a, a poll on Twitter. I was like, never thought I'd have to make this decision. But Lockett or Mike Williams? I don't know who I'm going with. Uh, ended up going with Mike Williams, as most people on Twitter uh, also thought I should. Um, and Tyler Lockett put up like three for 30 or something like that. And I was like, that was his six point week. And I was like, all right, I made the right decision. And then that was the game Mike Williams had one catch for like that was a four <laughs> yards. <laughs> I made the wrong decision. But anyway. Uh, so in terms of like my outlook on Tyler Lockett, I mean, I'm obviously not as stoked to have him on my team anymore. Um, but you mentioned, I, I'm not trading him because you're not getting the value back. It's similar, uh, situation to Allen Robinson where you, the name's there, the historical performance is there. Um, 
but you're just not going to be able to trade him at the right value right now. Now, if he comes out and week one has a pretty good game with Geno Smith, then maybe you can look to move him if you don't think that's going to, to, to continue moving forward. That said, we're, we're basing a Geno Smith, uh, you know, our Geno Smith takes off of like one half or less mm-hmm. of football against the Rams defense where, yes, I mean, I, I do expect DK Metcalf to be uh, Geno Smith's favorite target. I mean, how could a, a dude that size and that athleticism not be your number one target as a, as a quarterback, as a backup quarterback? Um, that said, I mean, there's a chance that Tyler Lockett just happens to to be Geno Smith's target. I mean, maybe he uh, does take that deep shot once a game and, and it does hit Tyler Lockett. But uh, for the most part, I'm, I'm not too excited about it. But for now, it's, it's just going to be a hold. Fair enough. I'll throw this at you here real quick. Tyler Lockett plays at Pittsburgh this week, home next week against the Saints, home in week eight against Jacksonville, and then the Seahawks have a bye in week nine. We'll know more about Russ, obviously, at that mm-hmm. point. Let's assume Russ doesn't play the next three weeks and it's Geno Smith for the next three weeks. Steelers, Saints, and Jacksonville Jaguars. Over the next three weeks, Jordan, would you rather have Tyler Lockett or Brandon Cooks? Top of my head, probably Brandon Cooks. Um, I mean, obviously his quarterback situation isn't isn't much better, but at least he's had a couple games with Mills now. Um, I also don't know the matchups past this week for for Houston. Um, Obviously, I know they have the Colts this week, but for the most part, I mean, I don't, it doesn't get much worse. I mean, Pittsburgh defense is obviously pretty good uh, against at least, you know, putting pressure on, on Gino Smith. Um, Saints have, have been on and off with their defense this year. Um, so I'm not too excited about those matchups for Lockett, especially with, you know, being paired with Gino Smith now. A couple more, Adam Thielen or Tyler Lockett next three weeks. I, I guess Adam Thielen. I mean, I was obviously out on him earlier this year, right? He was my in, in the bold predictions and, and crazy calls. Um, I didn't expect a lot out of him. The first couple weeks, he came out hot. Last couple weeks, uh, my prediction seems to be a little bit more true, at least, um, of him just being the number two and not being able to produce at that same touchdown rate that he has in the past. But, I mean, Adam Thielen's still going to be one of Kirk Cousins' top targets, especially in the red zone. He looks to him a lot. So I'd probably take Thielen with the upside of uh, probably a better offense with everyone still there, assuming no one gets hurt in Minnesota, um, and just the touchdown upside that I don't think Lockett has without that deep threat. Okay, and Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, this one might seem silly because you're thinking like Emmanuel Sanders like must be the fifth-string wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. He's not. <laughs> He's the number two, and depending on the week, he might be the number one with Stephon Diggs coming down to earth this year. Four touchdowns in the last three weeks, Jordan. Would you rather have Emmanuel Sanders over the next three weeks or Tyler Lockett? I will tell you it's cheating a little bit. Emmanuel Sanders has a bye uh, next week, so you can throw that out there. But over the next two of the next three games, Emmanuel Sanders in that potent Bills offense or Tyler Lockett with Geno Smith? On a per-game basis, I would rather have uh, Emmanuel Sanders, obviously. Um, rest of season though, I think I'd rather stick with Tyler Lockett. Um, okay. I think obviously with the possibility of Russell Wilson coming back and then that's your fantasy playoffs, right? Um, like I, I certainly am not suggesting you go trade Tyler Lockett for Emmanuel Sanders. Um, right. but in a shell, if I happen to have Emmanuel Sanders on my bench in the league that I have Tyler Lockett, I might be swapping them out for two of the next three weeks. Okay. Those are our sits of the week. Chicago 
Bears wide receivers, Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. We just got to sit them until we see anything better. Hopefully, it's one of those like I sat them and then they blow up on your bench. We usually hate that. I am hoping for that this week. I'm hoping I sit TJ Hawkinson. I'm hoping I sit Allen Robinson or something for a better option because I'm worried about it and they blow up on my bench. Then you feel better moving forward. And then Tyler Lockett against the Steelers as well. All right, Jordan, we got four more players to get through. Let's bust them out here. I'll let you kick it off here. Who is your quarterback? stream of the week now these are not qb ones these are not tight end ones these are you know bottom of the barrel they're they're probably unavailable in super flex leagues because all quarterbacks are taken up but in single quarterback leagues who is somebody you're willing to take again folks let's remember here you got four teams on by this week zach wilson and the jets whoever's the quarterback for the 49ers matt ryan and Jameis winston for the falcons and saints are all out on a bye this week so you may have to go to the waiver wire who are you streaming this week, Jordan, at quarterback? My stream of the week uh, at the quarterback position uh, is going to be Trevor Lawrence <clears throat> of the Jacksonville Jaguars going up against uh, Miami at home this week. Right now, Miami's 27th in fantasy points against for the quarterback position. They average uh, giving up 22 points per week to the quarterback position uh, just because it's off the top of my head. That's Jalen average uh, or Minimum Jalen Hurts game production, right? Jalen Hurts has put up 21 plus fantasy points. And that's what you're getting on average out of uh, the quarterbacks against uh, that have faced Miami so far this year. Um, and the, the good thing that I want to look for in a uh, streaming quarterback option usually is going to be uh, the rushing floor, right? That's what makes a good uh, rushing quarterback. But especially in a streamer, you want to be able to have that ability to break off a couple rushes provide you that floor that, you know, they're not going to, uh, you know, like a tight end streamer might, uh, might give you a goose uh, and put up zero points, but they'll give you the rushing floor to not kill your week, but also have the upside uh, to absolutely go crazy. And so Trevor Lawrence uh, averages about five rush attempts per game. So with those five rush attempts per game, you have that floor enough to be able to com- confidently start Trevor Lawrence. Um, and on top of that, Miami hasn't really played a mobile quarterback yet this year, with the exception, obviously, of Josh Allen. So when they played Josh Allen, Josh Allen rushed for 35 yards. And obviously, I'm not suggesting that Trevor Lawrence is um, Josh Allen. But Josh Allen rushed for 35 rush yards that game. Miami's given up 51 all year to the quarterback position, but they just haven't played uh, a mobile quarterback outside of of Josh uh, Allen. Last week, they uh, played Tom Brady, and obviously, Brady's not the most mobile quarterback, but also doesn't need it right? Like these quarterbacks are putting up 22 point fantasy weeks on average without the rushing floor. If you take that 22 point rush floor, you know, you maybe knock off a couple points because of Trevor Lawrence, not going to have the yardage or maybe the past touchdown, but you're getting them right back plus some potentially uh, with the rushing ability. And obviously if you p- play in a four point passing touchdown league, Trevor Lawrence has a higher probability of running one in uh, than most other quarterbacks that are available on your waiver wire. I'll feel a lot better about Trevor Lawrence long-term after Urban Meyer's out of the picture. I think this kid's <laughs> legit. I think the team is legit. Uh, they lost DJ Chark. They lost Travis Etienne. Their defense is horrendous. Um, and I think this. I think the Jags are really turning a corner here, uh, but Urban Meyer has done them no favors. So I do like Trevor Lawrence long-term, and hopefully he can pick it up. It'd be fun to watch Trevor and Tua go at it this week uh, if, if Tua can, can get through it here. All right, my QB stream of the week is Taylor Heineke. Kansas City gives up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. He has been a QB1 in three of the last four games and QB15 on the season. 
I think that would be a, a kind of a trivia question there. Nobody would guess Taylor Heineke. QB 15 on the season. Again, Ryan, Jameis, Wins, uh, Wilson, Lance, and Garoppolo all on a bye this week. He's a nice super flex filler. I would not start him in single quarterbacks um, necessarily unless you had one of those guys on a bye just because there's so many other options. But if you're stuck, and, and for some of the similar reasons you mentioned Trevor Lawrence, Taylor Heineke kind of has a, a sneak attack rushing yeah. ability as well uh, against Kansas City, and we know they're obviously going to be putting up points. Washington's defense has not been as good as we thought it was going to be. We're waiting on a game that Kelsey and Tyreek get well <laughs> together. Um, it's been one or the other because defenses this year are doing a great job shutting one of them down, which has flustered Mahomes. The Chiefs are 2-3. and three. We'll see what happens in this game here, but this game's in Washington, D.C., and uh, I think Taylor Heineke could surprise here, so he is my stream of the week at the quarterback position. Jordan, let's get into your tight end streamer. Yeah, my tight end stream of the week, my only – I made sure it was my only uh, eagle. I didn't want to go just full eagles throughout here. I mean, <laughs> of course you could put the eagles in, in every start of the week for every position. Uh, actually, that's that's not even close to true, sadly. <laughs> uh, but I went with Zach Ertz. Um, so, obviously, Dallas Goddard being out uh, due to COVID protocols. The biggest thing is everyone expected Zach Ertz to be out of Philadelphia this year. And everyone was on Dallas Goddard and his production levels with and without Zach Ertz and expected the huge breakout. And when you have these two tight end sets and both are as involved as they have been, you can't really have for fantasy, uh, you know, any sense of consistency or reliability from the tight end position uh, for that team. Uh, unless you're like Gronk and Hernandez back in the day for the Patriots. So looking at the Eagles tight end as a whole. So if we take Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, call him uh, Zach Zach Goddard's from from Dallas. I don't know, uh, but you put those two together. Here's the here's been their combined stat line. So week one, uh, they went for they combined for six catches, seventy six yards, and a touchdown against Atlanta. Second week against San Francisco, three catches for thirty yards. Then they played Dallas, six for one nineteen and one. Kansas City, eleven for one sixteen and one. And then last week against Carolina, three for thirty five. So three out of the five weeks they've scored a touchdown. In those, in those weeks, they've uh, two weeks of over 10 catches combined um, and obviously are putting up uh, outside of those two weeks. They've had three weeks of 19-plus fantasy points from the tight end position. Now, I'm not going to say that Goddard is going to just swallow up all that volume. I think some of it will go to Devonta Smith. Some of it will be uh, distributed to maybe Kenny, Kenny Gamewell coming out of the backfield. But at least you see the potential slice of pie that Ertz could be getting here in 15 minutes. Uh, so if you still have an elbow on your waiver wire, uh, and you need someone in the next 15 minutes, go ahead, pick them up, start them. Uh, you know, maybe you had Kyle Pitts who's now on a buy, right? Um, so, I mean, I just think Philadelphia and, and Ertz, or, uh, sorry, Hertz uses the tight end position enough for Ertz to be relevant being the only tight end now available in that offense. Um, so he's my stream of the week. I like it. My stream of the week, and we'll finish this up, and then we'll do a rapid-fire Q&A. If you have any final questions, trade talk, start, sit, whatever, jump in the comments quickly. Jordan and I will blast those out after my tight end stream of the week, and it's Ricky Seals-Jones going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. I just mentioned Taylor Heineke for the Washington football team. Ricky Seals-Jones filling in now for Logan Thomas, who is out on IR. Kansas City gives up the most fantasy points to quarterback. They give up the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends. They give up 296 passing yards per game. Their secondary is horrendous. Ricky Seals-Jones has 12 targets in the last two games. They will need to throw to keep up. He has 
end zone upside, no Curtis Samuel. We know that Logan Thomas was a nice uh, option there, uh, pretty much an auto start at tight end. Ricky Seals-Jones could be that guy as well. We've seen flashes of athleticism with him and the Cardinals over the years. If he's getting more work and volume, that's what we want for tight ends and touchdown upside. Other than Terry McLaurin, there's not really another pass-catching option outside of, I guess, J.D. McKissick. So I am comfortable with Ricky Seals-Jones floating out there as my tight end streamer if you need someone additionally. All right, let's get into some of the Q&A here, and we will get off and uh, get into some Thursday Night Football. We got the Giants and Dodgers tonight as well, so we got a lot of activity going down here. I'm going to blast through these as quickly as we can. Jordan, I'll give you the question. You holler at me. We already got into Fragger's first question. Let's get into the second one here. What's up, Fragger? Thanks again for tuning in always, my man. Appreciate you. Uh, do I trade Carson? Uh, excuse me. Do I trade Chris Carson for Darrell Henderson? I got both Patterson and, and Camara on the buy. So Carson plays Pittsburgh. Uh, Darrell Henderson in a much uh, obviously a, a, a better matchup overall against the Giants, but still pretty good against the run. Would you rather have Chris Carson or Darrell Henderson rest of the season? Uh, I mean, I think it's close enough. Uh, to me to make this trade, um, especially because even though, yes, Carson does play Pittsburgh, but I also don't think he's guaranteed. I think he's still questionable uh, to even play. Um, So rest of the season, I mean, Henderson's actually been doing really well for the Rams. I think having both Cup and Woods and Higby and all the weapons that they have, the deep threats of Jackson and Jefferson um, opens up the run game for Henderson and Michelle. Um, But he's been doing well. He's been... um, you know, pretty good for fantasy at least as well. So I think it's close enough uh, that I'd be willing to make the trade, especially because if Carson doesn't play uh, this week and you have both Kamara and and Patterson on the bye, you might need that, that running back start this week. Okay. Lit fantasy. Do I start Mike Kosicki going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars or Dalton Schultz going up against the New England Patriots? For me, I think this one actually might depend on who ends up starting for the Dolphins um, in that, Tua's first week back off of injury. Uh, Kasiki wasn't wasn't you know as involved with uh, with Tua as he has been uh, with with Brissett, right? Um, that said, uh, on the other side, Schultz, uh, Schultz has been really involved in Dallas's offense. They've um, you know been passing a lot, obviously. So it might depend on who starts for Miami, but uh, I lean Schultz uh, with potentially being able to start Kasiki if uh, if it's Brissett again. It's Schultz for me uh, easily. Let's go with Fragger here. You got another one. Uh, DST question quickly. Uh, Bengals versus the Colts. Um, the Oh, excuse me. Bengals versus the Lions. Colts versus the Texans or Cowboys versus the Patriots here. He's also got the Broncos playing the Raiders. Which of those four DSTs would you rather start this week, Jordan? Um, this week I'd go, I'd go Bengals against Detroit. Okay, I'm going to go with the Broncos against the Raiders. This one's in Denver. I want my t- my DST at home and favored. Uh, I think that this distraction, although the Raiders will move on for the better, in my opinion, um, long-term, this week has been a mess for them. The last two weeks, I think it's gotten in, in a, a Derek Carr as well, and I just think that they might not be on all four cylinders, and that secondary is legit with the passer. So I'm going to actually stick with the Broncos there. Okay, Baby tuning in here. Um, let's see if he got back to me. No. So quickly, uh, Gordon or Renfro with the flex, and let's just go Melvin or uh, Renfro with the flex. Uh, I mean, in a PPR, it's definitely Renfro. 
Um, and standard's a little bit closer, but I think I'd still go Renfro as well. I think there's just more touchdown upside with Renfro than there is with Melvin Gordon. Okay, any chance it would be Josh Gordon over Renfro? No. Okay. But if it is, then Renfro. Got it. Beach tune in here. Needs three. Needs to start three. Evans, Pittman, Chase, and Allen. Uh, oh, boy. I'm sitting Pittman. He plays Houston this week. Is that still sitting him? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's between. I mean, I made Jamar Chase my start of the week, so I guess I have to. So Evans, <laughs> Jamar Chase, and Keenan Allen. <laughs> All right, and let's go here. I think we had one more. Uh, oh, there we go. Here, do it quickly. I did reply in the comments for the case you didn't hear me. Are y'all confident enough in the Bucks because I got Lamar in right now? Are you confident in Lamar versus the Chargers or Hurts right now against the Buccaneers? Yeah, I, I I think it's Lamar against against the Chargers, just because I think uh, Lamar's proven to be able to be effective against any type of defense, whether they're better against the pass or the rush. Like Lamar can do both. Uh, we saw him absolutely ball out on the pass, his passability last week. Hurts could easily struggle. I mean, he saved his week last week with two rush touchdowns, but yep. for the most part, it's it's Lamar. Okay, a couple more here. Beach back at it. Denver defense versus the Raiders or Chicago versus the Packers. Uh, Denver. Okay. Uh, Masha Mustafa, thank you for tuning in once again. Always appreciate your questions. I'm very conflicted right now. Please uh, pick three this week in PPR. Zeke, Najee, Swift, and Jonathan Taylor. Yikes. Whoa. It's a hell of a league. Yeah. Uh, Who are you sitting one. in this bunch? Tra- trade one uh, of these, but I guess I, I guess I sit Swift. Yeah, wow. I'm trying to look at all these matchups here quickly. Uh, Man, yeah, I'm playing Najee, I'm playing Jonathan Taylor, and I'm playing Zeke. I agree. I'm going to yeah. sit Swift as well. I would look to trade one of those guys, though, if you can. Yeah. I can't imagine what your wide receivers look like. Fragger, do I trade Hawkinson for, for Joe Mixon and Gronk? Yes. I also have Knox. So yes. you would have Knox and Gronk and Joe Mixon for Hawkinson. Yes. If you can trade Hawkinson for this kind of value, I would do it in a heartbeat. Yes. All right, and Beach tuning in here. Uh, appreciate the input. We appreciate you, brother. Thank you for tuning in. And last one, Trey Tannehill with AJ Brown and Julio versus Buffalo or Lawrence versus Miami. You just had Lawrence as your start of the week. <laughs> Are you going with Lawrence if Julio plays? Lawrence, my my stream of the week, not start of the week. Radio. Oh, sorry, my, stream of the week, stream of the week, stream of the week. I don't. I, if you have a, a top tier quarterback, do not start uh, Lawrence over them. Uh, he's not my start of the week, but he is my stream of the week, and I think. Tannehill is now in that that streamer tier, right? He he hasn't been uh, performing as well as he had last year, and um, even with AJ Brown and Julio back, I mean Buffalo's defense is just so good. Uh, yep. I'll roll with with Lawrence against Miami. Ooh. if we get Julio one hundred percent and AJ Brown one hundred percent, I'm going to go with Tannehill. Um, but if we don't, and we probably won't, then I'm going to go Lawrence there as well. I appreciate you tuning in, Trey, via YouTube. All right, y'all, that runs us over time a little bit here because of the questions. We always appreciate your Q&A questions. But look, you can get even more, even more analysis every single Sunday morning. You can check us out and you can hit us up on YouTube right here, streaming live, and we will get into your start sit every single Sunday morning, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific time, streaming live right here on YouTube. We also stream on Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, but you can use 
the option here to jump the line if you'd like to get in our super chat function on YouTube. Create a YouTube account via a Gmail account. Takes two seconds. Hit us up there. If you do not and you stream on Twitch, which we know a lot of you do, obviously, then feel free to hit us up on Venmo with your contribution and your question at TCK Pod, TCK Pod on Venmo. Shoot us your contribution. Let us know your question, and we'll get to you uh, in real time. Jordan Smith tunes in at just the nick of time here to get us a last question here. Waddle or Rager? PPR. Waddle. I'm going to go Waddle as well. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Thank you all so much. We got a lot of questions coming in, but we have to get out of here. So we appreciate you guys. Enjoy the games tonight. Enjoy the baseball. Enjoy the football. We'll be back at you this episode and all episodes of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast are brought to you by Bet Online and the Believe Podcast Networks. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. Shouts out to our new sponsor, Cara Factor. And the, and the Jersey Jungle. We'll catch you next time right here on the TCK pod. For Jordan Delavalle, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.